This is a Relay Project. Real Talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson. It's March 13th. It's Monday. Jesperson here with Hicks. hi On this edition of Real Talk. Were you up uh, watching the Academy Awards last night, pal? You know, I didn't, and I'm glad I didn't. You know what I got last night? What's that? Eight hours of sleep. Wow. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> I feel like that never happens. That's a big thing for me, man. I am ready. I am alert. If anything messes up on the show today, it was... The caffeine high. No, okay. Not All the right. sleep. Good stuff. The caffeine, not the lack of sleep. It's good to differentiate. We got a good show in store coming up in about a half an hour. Charles Adler, the titan of talk, the Emmy Award winner is back from vacation. The return. He'll be joining us. He's been tweeting about this story about alleged Chinese. Do I say alleged anymore now that Sam no. Cooper from Global has broken this story? Um, an Ontario legislature member, part of an alleged uh, election interference network implicating uh, Beijing sources reporting and, and, and Sam Cooper blowing the doors off the story just a couple of days ago. Charles Adler, though, he's he, he strikes me as annoyed with the story. He says it's not that the Chinese story he's tweeting about this. It's not that the Chinese story he says is not serious, uh, but he say he says that uh, those involved with Canadian politics will see China behind every rock. And I, so we'll get into that with him. Yeah, I can't wait to see the cliche annoyed old man on the show. Yeah, well, good stuff. <laughs> well, Adler's going to be uh, there. And uh, of course, also, we're going to be getting to positive reflections, a story out of Las Vegas. We were wondering aloud last week, do families actually go to Las Vegas? Do kids oh, yeah. go to Las Vegas? What are families going to do in Las Vegas? We got a great email from Dion who wrote in, and it certainly qualifies for positive reflections presented by Kubi Energy. But we lead off this morning with a story that we covered on Friday. Jody Vance, co-host of Steel and Vance, a longtime, of course, a television broadcaster and journalist on her way to court uh, to face her harasser for the first time face to face. This is a guy she named him for the first time on Real Talk, Richard Oliver had pleaded guilty to criminal harassment uh the sentence eh, i've got my own thoughts but my thoughts on this don't matter as as much as our lead-off guest this week and that is jody vance who's agreed to to bring this story full circle and join us again on this monday morning it's nice to see you uh a tech glitch cut us off on friday but you had to get into court anyway so i'm I'm glad we were able to catch up how was your weekend uh it was good it was good it was quiet i i kept it uh nice and Low key. I painted. I I oh. putzed around the house. I walked the dogs. I took a breath. You know, it was last week was quite a week. The last time we talked, I was quite amped up. Well, I mean, I can't imagine uh, how you were feeling. And for those that didn't have a chance to catch Friday's episode, why don't we uh, set the tone here? This is a guy that uh, basically sent you more than 100 abusive emails over a series of years. You had shared with us that he'd been uh, stealing photos, poaching photos of your social media, photoshopping you into Auschwitz concentration camp. I mean, the guy the guy was just over the top threats, uh, criminal harassment to the point of uh, upon his arrest, uh, he had pleaded guilty. So he winds up in front of a judge. You're walking into this courtroom to see him in person for the first time. Where was your head at walking into the courtroom? Well, I'll tell you this, Ryan, um, I certainly didn't gather people to come to the courtroom that day. And you showed that photograph uh, off the top there of a bunch of us smiling. That was after court. Yeah, um, yeah there they are. So you got Drex, you know, Drex real well. Yeah, my, you got it. my cousin, Cindy, Cindy's wife, Shirlene, my my two colleagues and Eric Chapman, of course, Linda Steele. 
my best friend, Lisa, and Marcella, Marcella Bernardo, who you can kind of see behind Drex there. Uh, she was actually part of the suit. She helped uh, bring justice, well, as much justice as we could. Um, but walking into the courtroom, I, I felt I felt almost surreal. Um, I, I want to say I felt my best because I was really looking forward. I, my victim impact statement literally starts with, here we are. Like, mm. I've been waiting for this. And, uh, yeah, so I was ready for it. Uh, I knew what the sentence was going to be. I knew what the joint agreement or whatever the bullshit stuff that gets decided upon behind closed doors. You know, I'm very disappointed uh, by the fact that our justice system is built in in a way that protects the perpetrator (laughs) rather than the victim. Um, So I felt buoyed by my friends being there. And then um, I felt very good about what I delivered in court. Uh, I, I made eye contact for the first time with a man who you said hundreds of emails. And I have to say, Ryan, the hundreds of emails that were um, admitted into court as evidence was, was just a, a sliver of what this man sent me over years. The Crown trimmed five counts of criminal harassment down to one, trimmed years of criminal harassment down to mere months. Um, so the sentence fit the months, unfortunately, but he will have a criminal record. And uh, when he got up on the stand for for his moment following my victim impact statement, of course, both, both get to say their piece. He had a double-sided two double-sided typed, small type pieces of paper in his hand. And, and his lawyer was setting it up and, and said, you know, my client w- came here to, to, to share his thoughts and feelings about COVID-19 and, you know, the media and why he went after Ms. Vance and whatever. But my client understands that we do not want to waste the court's time. It was one of those. Right. Um, and so... Because I think had he read the whole thing, the judge would have come down with a harsher sentence and, and even pushed the joint agreement off the table. Um, but he ended up going up and quoting Corinthian. Did they go to the Bible? He did. Okay. And then he apologized to me, but I didn't look at him because no, you don't get to. Which part of uh, uh, he, which part of Corinthians was it? Like the love is patient, love is kind. That that part? Uh, no. <laughs> No, okay. My reckoning is coming, my friend. He, oh. it, it's being channeled through him. I've I've ordered the transcripts because, and I'll come back and share them with you because it's just like I sat there. And I thought, really, really, okay, that's what we're doing here, okay. Uh, but so- it, you know, unhinged, unhinged. But if he ever comes anywhere near me, if he even if I if he's at some public space and I show up there, he has to leave. And if he doesn't, he goes to jail. So, okay. So, uh, basically a a year of, uh, correct me if I'm missing anything, but, but it's a a year of probation and he's not allowed to contact you. That's it, right? He's not allowed to contact me. Anybody who works at the, the radio station's parent company chorus and they, uh, he's not allowed to contact Keith Baldry. Uh, Jesse Miller, who was mediated reality, you know, Jesse, he's the one who identified him, by the way, Jesse Miller should be a part of everybody's uh, corporate training to show how to do that. Uh, Jason Kinderchuk, you know, the uh, uh, incredible scientist out of Winnipeg. Have you ever talked to Jason Kinderchuk? We've all seen him on CBC uh, National News, as well as other outlets as a spokesperson for what science brings to the table. He is a he's an incredible resource. He also was part of this case. Um, because Richard Oliver would send horrifying emails to everybody. Uh, and never in my life, Ryan Jesperson, never in my life did I ever think 
that the uh, email address Jody Swallows Well at Hotmail.com would be mentioned in a court of law multiple times, like it was on Friday. Yeah, you'd shared this uh, that on Friday, just like, and, and I know that you're giving us just the tip of the iceberg here on what this experience has been like for you. Uh, Sandy Garasino, a well-known columnist, obviously a lawyer as well out of BC, tweeting about the sentence, um, said, and she's responding to Charles Adler at his take on this, by the way. We're going to talk to Chuck in a bit. Uh, Not necessarily just about you, Jody, but we'll get his take on this. Uh, Sandy says this was not a sentence that sends a message that our justice system takes this seriously and will protect the public. She says, in my opinion, a weak sauce plea deal, no fine, no community service, no home detention. And says Sandy, it sets a sentencing precedent. Why investigate and pursue criminal charges when the only thing that will happen is effectively a peace bond? Uh, I hope the question doesn't rub you the wrong way, but do you feel like it was a waste of your time? Like, did you feel insulted? I uh, hmm, probably a little bit insulted. However, uh, I love your question because it sets me up to share that I am not done here. I am not finished with this. Just that it's not there for me, that that I didn't get the justice that I feel is deserved in this case. Um, I'm going to continue to have this conversation until I'm blue in the face, if need be, to make it so that the next person doesn't have to fight for seven years to get some level of justice. Uh, the, the remarkable nature of the brokenness of this process, I want swift and meaningful consequences to be the um, foundation of how we deal with harassment, criminal harassment, online, in person, in the workplace, I don't care where. Mm-hmm. If somebody is harassing somebody, let the harasser be punished swiftly. As a deterrent, I want it to be a deterrent. I want the anonymous keyboard warriors who come mob mentality at women and women of color primarily, which I am not, clearly. So, I mean, I can only imagine the level of vitriol that others receive. And I want to help. I want to make change. Uh, and I, if it sounds like I have, you know, dreams of grandeur, I mean... I want that anyway. People keep telling me, you should probably stop. It's not going to work. Good luck with that. And I'm like, oh, nothing makes me feel more motivated than good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to sue this guy you were telling us on Friday. Um, and ultimately, I would imagine, like, it's interesting to hear you name these other uh, journalists and other people that, that were, I don't want to say implicated in this, but were involved in this, that were also being targeted by this individual. It gives you kind of a, a bit of a sense of what that web had looked like. And, and, and yeah, I would imagine that the story, did, did the story resonate with people in, in the sense, I mean, were you receiving messages of support from those that could unfortunately relate to the toll that this was taking on you because they'd been walking miles in those exact same shoes? Were you, were you almost kind of representing more people than you first realized when you walked into that courtroom, do you think? Well said, absolutely, 100%. And, and those who had received these emails, I mean, Linda Steele has been copied in on hundreds of these she went to the the management and said uh, are you doing anything about what's happening to jody like we're all getting it mm. it, they, it would go to the all staff to the viewer line to the listener line to the bosses to the head of news to all of my colleagues right uh, the keith baldry's of the world i mean keith baldry is 
you know, somebody that I admire and look up to. And all of a sudden he's getting these horrifying sexualized emails about me. And, and he would reach out and say, hey, I hope you're not, you know, but taking too much from this slime ball because just ignore that. Because in the early days, I did. I deleted. I blocked. I pushed. I did, as we were talking about last week. Of course, I did all of those things first. But it was relentless, Ryan. It was it was five and ten times a day on days that I wasn't even working on the radio station. I don't have my own show. I'm just the fill-in girl. And yet this man was completely obsessed with me. And that is a mental health issue for sure. Mm. Um, but he, his wife was sitting in court. His wife knew the whole time what he was doing. It's a radicalized, extreme uh, slice of society that, that chose me as their target. And, and by way of choosing me also hit other people. I'm copied in on a death threat to Dr. Bonnie Henry. So there are those people that, yes, when I was sitting down in that courtroom, when I saw it all the way through to this unbelievable and red tape of this marathon i was there for not just jody vance but for a group of people uh sue is watching she says jody's a warrior i'm glad that she's not done anna says the law is written primarily by those who have not been on the losing side of the power dynamic in particular on harassment uh anna says i agree that the law needs to trigger immediate curtailing tracy says every broadcaster journalist and online personality should start outing they're online harassers. Uh, yes. That, it's an interesting... Uh, okay, so you say yes. So Because we, we could hit this from a number of different angles, and I feel like I could argue both sides, but, but you took the power back in a number of different contexts. So why do you feel the way you do about it? So when I say out, I mean out them to the police. Okay. Not yell about it on social media, because that's feeding the troll, right? Yeah. Like, that's what they want. They want to know that they're pissing you off, that they're frustrating you. I've never said Richard Oliver until I talk to you on Friday. Yeah. Not once have I said his name publicly, and now that's all I'm going to say. But I don't want him to be harassed. I don't want people gaslighting him or whatever whatever it's called when you, you swarm. Docs. Uh, I don't, yeah. Docs, thank you. I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want an eye for an eye. I don't want to be that. I want to hold him to account, and I want to make sure that he doesn't do this to someone else. And that's a really important piece of this. When you out your harasser, when you out your bully, when you report them, you set that previous prior, right? Whether it's a criminal record or just a complaint. If, if people, because I know that this man was known to police, but not documented because people didn't see it through. So had he had people see it through prior to my taking him to court, his sentence might have been more severe. The way we stop people who do this on the regular, who do this as sport. And in my victim impact statement, I'm like, what's broken in you? that you felt the need to come after someone like me. Like what's, that's what you need to figure out. So um, yeah, call it out. Cause we're, we're conditioned, particularly women, we're conditioned. You're gonna be sounding hysterical. Mm. You're hysterical, you're drama, you're this. No, I've, dri- I've drawn the boundary and it's been crossed and this person is harassing me. Make it stop. And if you don't make it stop, I'm gonna take it above you. Yeah. I'm gonna keep going above you until it stops because that is the goal and thank you sue Mm. you you know you put up with so much and uh it's brutal that uh, it it had to get to the point or that it got to the point where you were incurring like number one i guess probably uh concerns about your own safety uh, very valid concerns there obviously the the sort of and and i don't even want to say the embarrassment because you did nothing it's just it's it's like this 
you know, this this person, uh, this deranged individual, like looping in. You were telling us guests on your show. Of course, if you're just tuning in, streaming the audio, we're talking to Jody Vance, co-host of Steel and Vance on Check. Uh, you know, but but you had that unique opportunity to deliver in a court of law. Uh, a victim impact statement to look this person in the eyes that most people that experience what you experience never have. And it's one of the things that I think makes the story so remarkable and one of the reasons why I think it's resonating, why people across the country are, are paying attention to it. Um, I, I know you've got your own morning to get to, Jody, so I want to keep you, but just okay. in, in closing, like what did it what did it feel like to have that opportunity to, to first of all, to write? I'm, I'm going to guess you didn't freewheel. I'm going to guess you had it written down. Your victim impact statement. Pretty well. Yeah. Oh, is that right? You you actually have to have it written yeah. down. Okay. Um, shows how much I've been in court. But but how did that? Okay. So that's it. That's it right there in your hands. I mean, w- what was that opportunity like to to be able to look this person in the eyes? And if I know you, you kept you held eye contact. What I was did. That, what was that experience like? Satisfying. Mm. Very satisfying. Emotional for sure. Um, I did also address the court because when you get the victim impact statement document from the crown, it's a series of questions. And over the course of the last number of months, I guess, because I had to submit it um, late last year, they literally, they send it to you without really, with no warning. And then you get this document, it's got little areas of lines under each question that you can write in can't type in. So I, I wrote it sort of frenetically and, and it said it needed to be back in within two days. So I folded up and I put it back in. I sent it. I want to make sure I get this in there. And then I spoke with my victim services counselor, who has been unbelievable, by the way. And uh, I said, is that it? Like, is that the, the statement? Do I get an opportunity to add to it or augment? She's like, oh, no, no, you'll be able to for sure. But it has to be vetted. The crown looks at it and then they send it to the defense and the judge gets to see it. And you know, there are certain things you can and cannot say. And I'm like, okay, well, can I have some parameters on that? Um, and I, because I was surprised, like victim impact statement, aren't I allowed to say whatever the hell I want? Because I'm the victim and this is my statement. Um, and out of all of this, so what do I've got here? Uh, six pages, fairly large type, six pages, you know, three minutes, three and a half minutes of talking. Uh, they only took out three words. Do you want to know what the three words were? What are they? Shame on you. Why did they take those out? Did they tell no you? No idea. Nope. They just said, it's not appropriate really for the court. I'm like, okay, well, I can tell you that my, my other three words were really much stronger. Yeah, I thought spot, maybe like, go but, fuck okay. yourself or something like that might be appropriate. We think, we think a lot alike. We yeah, think a lot alike. Well. Um, and I didn't go rogue, which I could have in, in the courts, but I was very, I was speaking to uh, Oliver, uh, Richard Oliver over here and the judge over here. And I definitely took my moment to address his honor and, and speak to what the court asked me to do. And I actually ended up going through my victim statement very much like a Q&A. Mm-hmm. I like question. And then I answered it. And then, and then the next question, as it was laid out to me, and I did a little bit of, of, as you pointed out, a little bit of, I'm looking you in the eye. Because that's how it started. I was like, today's date is one I've had circled on the calendar for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't a guy that had you. uh, I mean, there's a difference, right? There's a difference between like, you know, being aware of or when I say fearing for your safety doesn't mean that you're consumed with fear. Uh, But for obvious reasons, when you're dealing with someone that's unpredictable, when somebody that's spelling out 
uh, some of the things that go through their mind. You have to be aware of your personal safety, but at the same time, to, to be able to look him in the eye and not cower uh, really is the power move. And this sets precedent, which is important. Now, whether or not uh, it's an appropriate sentence and we can let the public decide, I, I suspect uh, that most reasonable people would feel like there there might be room for further consequences here. I mean, like a, a year of probation really is nothing. Um, but at the same time, it's important to get these things logged. It's important to have these public conversations, right? So this stuff gets addressed in meaningful fashion. And when we talk about fear, uh, again, in my impact statement, because he's a father of three, and I looked at the judge and I said, what, where the rubber hit the road here was when he mentioned my young son and my boy was just eight when this all started. He's 15 now, but between eight and 15 is a tender time. Um, and also in a pandemic. So during a pandemic, I had this man's photo hanging in the offices of my child's elementary school and then high school. Cause he went to high school during the pandemic. Uh, and I had to tell him and his friends to look out for this man. And if you see him run, and, and I had to tell the parents of the kids that my boy would uh, be hanging out with uh, about what I was going through because I don't want to put their kids at risk. So it wasn't necessarily my personal safety that I worried about because I feel like I could defend myself uh, even though I'm, I'm small, I'm, <laughs> I'm mighty in my own mind. But I worried about my son and his friends and my, my, my friends and my family and my coworkers. You know, I changed the license plate on my car. I changed my car. I put up cameras. I changed my lock on my door. I changed my look of my door. I've, you know, I hide where I live. I don't say where I go on vacation. I, you know, there was a lot to this that, um, you know, we all have to do. I don't think people understand when they're coming at the media mm. that they get that we live in this, you know, rather constant state of, please stay away from me. Like I'm just doing my job. I'm just doing my job. My job is to find facts tell stories, give opinions. Mm -hmm. If you don't like it, turn the channel. If you don't like it, click it off. Don't listen to me, but don't send me garbage Auschwitz and communism and Bolsheviks and my reckoning and all that. I mean, it's just such a weird story, Ryan, and I'm so grateful that you have me on to talk about it because I think just the headlines aren't quite enough here. I totally agree. We always say, you know, knowing the headlines isn't always enough. Sometimes you got to talk about it. And, and, and this is an, an exact reason why. And your story is resonating with a lot of the people in the live chat right now, which means I know that when the podcast is released, it'll resonate with a lot more uh, people uh, with whom this does resonate can send us an email to talk at ryanjesperson.com. And of course, uh, Jody Doors always welcome for you. Uh, we'll have to get you back with Linda Vance as well, or with Linda Steele. Uh, the, the Vance and Steele, Steele and Vance Real Talk round tables are always among our most popular and so we'll we'll have to make that happen where we don't have to talk about this asshole and we can get into <laughs> some of the other stories that are making us laugh or, or or lighting a fire underneath us have a wonderful week i'm glad that this i know it's like there's not to say that it's all tied up wrapped up with a bow and perfect now uh but i'm glad at least that the day in court and the sentencing is is behind you thanks buddy you got it that's uh Tell Hi. Yeah, yeah, you got it. That's uh, veteran <laughs> broadcaster Jody Vats. We will tell Charles Alou that she says hi. Uh, of course, uh, uh, Steel and Vance, you can catch it on uh, check and uh, give Jody a follow if you want to give her a shout out. Give her an atta girl. Uh, you can find her on Twitter at Jody Vance, a wonderful friend of the show. Um, yeah, this is, uh, yeah, Sharon says just accountability, plain and simple. Dwayne says nobody should have to go through this. I like this from 
Anna. Anna's uh, lighting up the live chat this morning. This is great mm-hmm. talking about that that shame on you. I think that's interesting that the court would redact uh, whatever they would redact the shame on you part of her. Uh, yeah. Her. Uh, I mean, first of all, she could have just said it anyway, but I digress. But Anna says shame on you is tough. You know, you want to say it for sure. And also uh, quoting who I think is Brene Brown says, if shame worked, the jails would be empty. <laughs> that's a good clip, too. <laughs> Starting to think I need to read more Brene Brown. Everybody that talks about her is yeah. just like she's like revolutionizing <clears throat> Me too. the way that people are thinking. So, but it's great. I I love this story, and I think no, I don't love what happened, but it's just like I think everyone deserves to be online and have a normal life and be able. Like we can disagree with people, but there's a line to it, and especially like she's saying, and it's not like it's not like. We all know this. Women, people of color, men too, all genders, but especially those, they they take this a lot harder yeah. than everyone else. They get it a lot more because at sometimes they're easy targets, right? And I love the accountability. You should be accountable online. Yeah. Disagree with someone. Go ahead. But when it gets into this weird sexual and almost racist, all this nature that's yeah. just like... Well, once you start invoking like images of you know, concentration camps and things like, you know, the Holocaust. And it, it got so nasty, even if you think, you know, we were talking and in, in the court documents here, I mean, even the reporting around it, and I'm not, I'm not being critical of the reporting here, but, you know, I mean, and good on journalists for being there and covering this, but, you know, Vancouver is awesome.com. Jeremy Hainsworth covering this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Sean Oliver is, is the, uh, the individual that pleaded guilty here to criminal harassment. He's been ordered not to contact, as you heard, Jody, Keith Baldry, Marcella Bernardo and others. Uh, but, you know, this, this this reporting here says, uh, you know, a Vancouver provincial judge has called anonymous attacks on a journalist cowardly, predatory and unacceptable in a civilized society. The report goes on to say Oliver had disagreed with Vance's reporting <laughs> in the er- in, I mean, I'm not it's not funny, but like he had disagreed with her reporting in the early days of the COVID-19 pandemic. It's putting it lightly. That's one way to put it. I mean, yeah, I even, disagreed with her reporting. People were asking they, they're they're like, what were the images like? We can considered showing some of them but it's just not for they're long. not even appropriate for our audience no, they're, they're that offensive they're brutal they're, i mean it's, it's the type of, it's like you don't you don't you know you don't show that stuff no, that's the whole point it's just right furthering it's like, his abuse these are well. these are the types that we won't get too deep into a rabbit hole although we can we can get into rabbit holes on this well, show that's show. kind of the whole point of a show like this but that's the reason why for example when someone will drop off like a manifesto at a news station mm-hmm. why the news doesn't read the manifesto exactly there's obvious reasons behind that right like who's going to control the narrative and, and what deserves the you know the uh, the platform? What deserves the big blowtorch, as they say? Um, there's a lot uh, going on this week, and of course we're going to be talking to Charles Adler about politics. We want to talk about the Oscars in just a sec? I see some people commenting on uh, daylight saving time. Did you have a Did you have a difficult time? Were you there? Were you like no? I just told two you two in the morning. So you 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 like on Saturday into Sunday when it jumped from two to three in the morning, all of a sudden you had no idea. You this were just is, sleeping yeah. like a baby. This is what I'm going to do now. I'm I just going to things in my life that I. I don't like I'm going to avoid them <laughs> now my therapist says not to do that but yeah I, I was like oh the, the Oscars I'll see the highlights on Twitter time is changing I was lit- my wife was like you went to bed at like nine o'clock last night. who are you yeah. who even are you uh, wanted to draw your attention quickly to if you, if you caught Friday's show you already know what an interview we had with Dr. Rebecca Graf McCray about uh, what she calls the UCP plan for health care and uh, she says it's going to be underfunded, criticized, then pro- 
privatized. She argued this on our show, and she argues it in the pages of Alberta Views magazine. Before we get to Adler, I wanted to put this in front of you, a quick clip of, of what she had to say. I was asking her about the idea, the politicians floating the ideas, and, and, and for that matter, some health administrators, that perhaps private surgical centers could help ease wait times for those that are waiting for surgeries. Could the pressure on the healthcare system be eased by some methods of or some avenues of private delivery? She asked the fair question, well, where are all the staff going to come from? And I, and I said, well, you, you know, you look to the graduates of nursing schools, you look to talented, you know, skilled surgeons from around the world, you attract them to Alberta, right? You, you, you recruit and then you retain. And <laughs> well, here's what she had to say about that. Do you know what attracts people in is a, is is a fully funded operational public healthcare system that's accessible to everyone on the same basis. How is it somehow better to say, oh, we've got this shiny executive version that some people could access. You could come work in it, but you probably won't make enough to access those services yourself. I, I don't see the I don't see the draw for that. So that was Dr. Rebecca Graf McRae on Friday's Real Talk. It's worth your time to to take the half hour or so to hear her out. She's got a good sense of of what the healthcare landscape looks like, why it's broken, and how to heal it. Um, and I also wanted to give you a quick heads up. You can read her piece in its entirety at albertaviews.ca. Alberta Views is the magazine for engaged citizens. You can see it here on my screen right at the top. When you go to albertaviews.ca, looking for a fresh perspective on Alberta, you see the subscribe link right there. If you click on the subscribe link, if you use the promo code AVRJ, okay, Alberta Views, Ryan Jesperson, AVRJ, that promo code is going to knock 50% off a one-year 10-issue subscription to Alberta Views. 50% off with the promo code AVRJ at albertaviews.ca. These conversations are presented by sponsors like Athabasca University, Canada's open university with world-class accredited online programs and courses. They give you the flexibility to learn at your own pace on a schedule that suits your lifestyle. I was telling you about, I heard uh, from Real Talker Ivana the other day, and she let me know that she completed her undergrad degree, a bachelor's of journalism at Athabasca University while she was working full time. She let us know in part of her story. She says, I wasn't able to to a regular course load just wouldn't have worked for me. Sort of a Monday to Thursday, Monday to Friday during the day. She's like, that's when I'm working. So Athabasca University was a perfect fit. Now, it didn't mean it was easy for her. She's working during the day. She's completing her studies during the evening. But whenever the pressure was too much, she could ease off the gas, right? She could take a week or a couple of weeks away from her studies. That's the beauty that Athabasca University affords. I said, well, what was the end result? She said, better pay, better benefits, a better job when she got her undergraduate degree from AthabascaU.ca. Our friends at the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park want to, I mean, basically let you know, leading up to St. Patrick's Day, for a limited time, you can get your hands on the Under the Rainbow Shake. This is at the Dairy Queens of Newcastle, Nemeo, Palisades, Westmount, Baseline Road. Celebrate St. Patrick's Day with treasure for your sweet tooth. 
at the end of the Under the Rainbow Shake. You won't be able to resist the colorful, scrumptious Flavor Parade. That's a good band named Flavor Parade. <laughs> strawberry topping, strawberry kiwi misty, rainbow sprinkles, real milk, soft served, and whipped topping marching across your taste buds. Every parade should have rainbow sprinkles, and that includes the Under the Rainbow Shake at the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park. Hey, a big shout out to our friends at Complete Care Restoration, literally the only Real Talk sponsor that hopes you never have to call them. Why is that? Well, because the people that call Complete Care Restoration, oh, well, they're dealing with fire damage, flood damage. Maybe they're looking to get rid of mold or asbestos, or maybe just in our circumstance, it's a construction or renovation project. That's how we heard about Complete Care Restoration, and quite frankly, they did a masterful job building the studio you see us broadcasting from every single weekday. It's why I can tell you that we recommend Complete Care Restoration because we saw them in action from start to finish. They make every project a fulfilling experience for themselves and their customer. If you encounter a nightmare, you let your insurance company know you want the work to be done by Complete Care Restoration. And a shout out to our friends at Friesen Brothers who want to remind you that the classic hot cross buns are back at Friesen Brothers all the way through this month. I know a lot of people get excited about hot cross buns leading up until Easter while they're baked fresh daily by their real sourdough bakers with 100% Alberta flour. Of course, they include a little bit of Charlie. That's the mother dough, the sourdough starter, the world famous Charlie at 16 Friesen Brothers locations across the province of Alberta. For more than 65 years, Friesen Brothers is Alberta-grown and Alberta-owned. Charles Adler's been uh, resting up for the past couple of weeks on vacation. It's great to get him back into his Monday slot, and we're going to get to Chuck in just a second, but why don't we pre-roll this, Johnny, last night, the 95th annual Academy Awards, and I don't know. Do we have to do spoiler alerts at this point? Uh, or I know some, what you're going to Some people, do some people have it PVR'd, and some people don't want to know who all the winners are. Uh, let me just say this: the red carpet moment between host Ashley Graham and Hugh Grant Ugh. was one that had me. I was I was actually yelling at my TV, and I'm not typically yell at your TV guy. I wonder where yeah. where if Charles Adler has a take on this. But this is so Hugh Grant. I don't know what happened to him. What happens to guys when they get past the age of 55? I, well, I don't know. Well, they have no time no, for people. No, I don't think that it has to do with age. <laughs> I think maybe somebody said something to him. I don't know. Anyway, so so here's Hugh Grant with Ashley Graham on the red carpet last night. Thank you so much for stopping by. Have the best Thank night. You. Thank you. Hugh Grant, you are a veteran of the Oscars, and you've been here a few times. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about coming to the Oscars? Um, well, uh, <laughs> it's fascinating. It's uh, it's uh, the, the whole of humanity is here. It's uh, <laughs> it's Vanity Fair. Oh, it's all about Vanity yeah. Fair. Yes, that's where we let loose and have a little bit of fun. Um, what are you most excited to see tonight? To see? Yeah, well, I know that you probably watched a few of the movies. Are you excited to see anybody win? Do you have your hopes up for anyone? Um... Not, not, no, no one in particular. Okay, well, what are you wearing tonight then? 
Uh, just my suit. Your suit? Who yeah. made your suit? You didn't make it. Um, I can't remember. My tailor. That's okay. Yeah. Ta shout out to the tailor. Yeah. Um, so tell me, what does it feel like to be in Glass Onion? It was such an amazing film. I really loved it. I love a thriller. How fun is it to shoot something like that? Well, I'm barely in it. I'm in it for about three seconds. Yeah, but yeah. still, you showed up and you had fun, right? Uh, almost. Okay, all yeah. right. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much. It was nice to talk to you. Yeah. All right, back to you guys. Oh, and then the look at the end. <sighs> but good on her. Hey, she said, yeah, it was nice to talk to you. Who made you what you're wearing? Uh, I'm just I wearing my know. suit. My yeah, tailor made my it. Suit. My tailor made it. Charles Adler, the Emmy Award winning talk radio legend, joins us Mondays here on the show. It's nice to see your face again. You got an Emmy behind you there. No Academy Awards, Chuck. What do you think it was? <laughs> no, yeah. I, <laughs> can, I, can I take this uh, space uh, to ask Hugh Grant a question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do. Who crapped in your cornflakes? <laughs> yeah. Who made you unhappy? You you have been one of the most successful people in the world. When I think about all those people who try to get into the world revolving around the Academy Awards, the world of cinema, the world of film, the pictures, you have done an outstanding job. You've got a very, very healthy balance sheet. You've got a great uh, persona out there. Uh, Ashley Graham okay, was absolutely prepared to do her job. Why weren't you prepared to do your job? She talked about a trailer, and you, you didn't really have fun. Hugh, I'm sorry that you're not having fun, but when you're up at the microphone and it's the Oscars and 0.000% of humanity is there, 0.0001, whatever it is, you know, one, one, one millionth of humanity is there, you're there, think it, man. You're a goddamn actor. <laughs> That was the part, and I've and I, I I've never done really red carpet stuff, but I have done some interviews. Uh, I remember doing uh, Chuck. Like I don't know if you did these, but like the, the, there would be the junket, and and the, the the A listers or the B listers would be made available to yeah. Canadian outlets to promote the films. And I've had some interviews that were real doozies. Interviewed John Malkovich once. He wanted nothing to do with it. Interviewed Martin Short, which broke my heart. Yeah. The, the the Order of Canada officer wanted nothing to do with it. And there's really uh, if they don't want to play ball, there's nothing the interviewer can do except for try to find a graceful way to get out of it. Well, I'll tell you this. Ashley Graham was a, was a total pro in that interview, and Hugh Grant wasn't. And Jody Vance earlier, shout out to Jody. Um, we'll talk about what, what, what went on there, but for the, for the purpose of this, well, she was saying that in her victim impact statement, she was not allowed to say shame on you yeah. uh, to the person who was involved in criminally harassing her for the better part of a decade. The, wor the words shame on you, I guess, just too much for Canadian justice to have that said to a criminal harasser who wants to put her in an oven. Okay, enough said about that. Shame on you, Hugh Grant. Ryan Jesperson is not going to censor me the way the <laughs> Canadian justice system censored Jody Grant. Shame on you, Hugh Grant. And I hope that show never invites him back again. He has slammed the door on it. There was absolutely no reason to have that attitude. What was he expecting? Yeah. What kind of interview is he expecting? It's a light and fluffy pre-Oscar party. What is it about the word party that is difficult for this? <laughs> well, he did. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you, if you don't want to do the interview, don't 
don't walk up with the mic. Don't yeah. do the interview. Yeah, I mean, we're probably overthinking this whole thing, but I just, I was just, I was just watching. I think you're it. muted. Uh, no, you, I John, don't hear you. You can't hear us. Okay, put me full screen, Johnny. Maybe we'll get right. that I'll figured out, again. and uh, we'll get yeah. Charles figured out there because I want to get his take on uh, on the sentence for Richard Oliver again. That's uh, Jody Vance's. Uh, uh, can I say nemesis? Am I making light of it if I call him her nemesis? This is serious business. I shouldn't be cute about it, but uh, I definitely want to get Charles' take on that. We're also coming up, don't forget, Positive Reflections coming up, a story of kids in Vegas. Uh, well, Johnny gets things figured out with Charles Adler. I wanted to also, I've had this email pulled from Jared, and I've been wanting to read this for a while. How are we doing with Chuck? Still getting it figured out, Johnny? We're figuring it out. Okay, no worries. Can you roll me the Bean Gill clip from yeah, back in, what was that? February 22nd, she was on the show, right? And, and yeah, the Bean, Bean's going to be presenting the Juno's broadcast tonight. Bean will be presenting an award. She's one of the stars of the new CBC series, Push. She's amazing. It, it's, she's unbelievable. She's a force of nature. It's a, it's a, a series following around people showing life in a chair. It's showing life on wheels. And Bean was in our studio back on February 22nd talking about some of the challenges that, you know, people, if, if you're not in a wheelchair, if you don't use a wheelchair, things people might not think about. And, and here's a portion of what Bean had to say. Two years ago, one of my friends who uses a power chair and has a guide dog who lives downtown was in a bike lane because it was cleared of snow and the sidewalks were not. And she yeah. got pulled over by a cop. What? She was given a warning. Come on. Yep. No. Yep. And she's the cop said, you're in a bike lane and you're not in a bike. And she said, he said, you should be on the sidewalk. And then she looked at the sidewalk and she's like, well, look at the sidewalk. It's covered in snow and ice. And, you know, it's been rutted, like stepped on and stuff. Right. So how do you drive a wheelchair on that? And he said, that's not my issue. My issue is this is a bike lane and you're not in a bike. Oh. And he gave her a warning. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, let's get EPS on board with uh, letting wheelchair users use bike lanes if bike lanes are going to get cleared multiple times instead of sidewalks. Okay, so this is Bean on the show, and a shout-out to her. She's going to be presenting at the Junos tonight, but it, it prompted an email from Jared. We'll get back to Charles Adler, troubleshooting there in a second. But but Jared writes into the show, and he says, Jespo, this has been bouncing around in my brain after your uh, two of uh, your recent shows. Number one, with the wheelie peeps. That's what Bean and her gang calls themselves. And then your feature on 15-Minute Cities. It really drove home the need for me to write in, says Jared. So I'm hopping onto my soapbox. He says, we're all wheelie peeps. Yeah, Bean, me, you, friends, family. He says, I know what many of you are thinking. I'm not disabled. You might be right, but at the same time, you're also wrong. Jared says, a bit about me for context. I'm your stereotypical white guy, early 30s, happily married, few kids, living in a nice house, 20-minute drive to and from work, loves a beer, take my steak, medium rare. You get it, says Jared. At least that's what you would see. What you wouldn't see is my epilepsy. Eight years ago, you might have seen me getting loaded into an ambulance outside my house wearing urine-soaked pajamas, arguing with paramedics and my wife that I was fine, that I wanted to go back to bed. You would see my epilepsy. They're called grand mal seizures. Not a lot of fun. You'd see me in a grocery store having one of my 10 or 20 daily seizures where my head would twist to the right. My right arm would fold across my chest and I would freeze and you would then see my epilepsy. Let me stress how incredibly privileged I am. Today, my disability is, for all intents and purposes, invisible. Even to me, I could take a couple of pills every morning, every evening. Beyond that, life is normal. But an invisible disability doesn't mean I'm free and clear. And herein lies the tie to 15-minute cities and to accessibility. Jared says, two years ago, my wife and I bought a new house. Our family was growing, needed more space. And guess what criteria was on our list? 
How close are the nearest shopping areas, grocery stores? What's bus or transit service like? I live with the awareness that at some point in my future, I'll likely have a breakthrough seizure. And when that occurs, I'll be unable to drive for a minimum of six months. The house my wife and I were buying needed to be located, keeping that in mind. In a world where Jared can't drive, what does life look like? I was looking for my 15-minute city. Disability does not discriminate, says Jared. At some point in your life, you know, barring an injury-free life ending in a bungee jump gone wrong, disability will find you or someone you love. The questions are what, when, and for how long. You know, maybe you break your leg snowboarding. Maybe a parent gets dementia. Maybe you get epilepsy with no obvious medical cause. Maybe you end up in a wheelchair from an accident or a virus like Bean. You aren't thinking about any of this yet because you're, you're human. It can't happen to me, right? Or you'll deal with it when it does. This is our human nature. But whenever this does happen, accessibility matters. So real talkers, fight for it now. Jared says, I can promise you the fight is easier without a disability or while caring for someone with a disability. You have privilege. I have privilege. Let's use it. Jared signs off by saying disability is not a binary divide. As humans, we love putting people in boxes as a way of simplifying things, and this can come with unintended consequences. Conservatives v. liberals, able versus disabled, black versus white, Christian, atheist. When we frame things this way, we lose nuance. We do ourselves a disservice. It's so very easy to say, I'm not disabled. It's not my problem. If we see disability as a spectrum, add nuance, remove categories, we can begin to have the important conversations around inclusion and identity. That from Jared. I absolutely love that email. You can send us a thought anytime to talk at ryanjesperson.com. Jared, we're going to put that into the hopper for consideration of the email of the month for March. Every month, we give away a Real Talk studio mug to someone, the author of an email that has got this (laughs) audience thinking. And I wonder if it might be Jared by month's end. Charles Adler hanging out with us on Monday. We got you back, pal. Yeah, I don't know what happened. Yeah, don't worry about it. Do with the microphone, but don't worry about it. So let me let me ask you about this. So I noticed you and and lawyer Sandy Garasino. She's a columnist as well for Canada's National Observer, commenting on this sentence handed down on Friday as Richard Sean Oliver pleads guilty to criminal harassment for a sustained attack, sustained criminal harassment of Jody Vance. It's basically Chuck a year of probation, and and he's got to leave her alone. I mean, it's 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 basically a nothing burger. Uh, What do you think would be appropriate in a circumstance like this he harassed her for seven years right yeah seven seven would be appropriate four would be sort of appropriate zero is what he got so we keep talking we keep talking about this sentence the sentencing we've been waiting forever for the sentencing what sentence how can you call zero jail time no Absence of freedom. Jody Vance had no freedom for over seven years. No freedom from this bastard. Even She even talked about how she had to tell the friends of her own child that this person was following her and potentially a threat to her child and potentially a threat to her teachers and potentially a, a threat to her friends. She had to tell everybody about this. So she had no freedom for over seven years as she was criminally harassed and he gets no prison time no absence of freedom of all, at all. He was in total control for more than seven years. That's how he felt. Mm-hmm. That's what this whole crazy thing is about. He was in charge of her sensibilities, and he spends not one minute of time in jail. Now, 
Technically, you can call that a sentence if you like, but as far as I'm concerned, he never got a sentence. Yeah, and I, I talked to Jody and I said, like, technically, this is is sets a precedent um, or or at least it, it keeps this forefront in people's minds. But I'm not sure that it's enough to like and, and I try to I, I do try to be reasonable in conversations around crime and punishment. You know, like people, people always say, well, lock him up and throw away the key. And I don't always believe that that's proper i don't believe that that's reasonable and uh but in a circumstance like this i think when other people are are quietly watching how this plays out you know other harassers other trolls other bullies are watching how this plays out if if worst case scenario is is you, you know you're you're gonna get your wrist slapped and you're you're gonna have to deal with a year of probation i'm not sure what it does to deter anybody ryan i'm gonna try not to get emotional even though you know, I've got Canadian citizenship, but but Hungarian wires. Okay, I was wired in Hungary. Pretty emotional, pretty passionate country. I'm going to try not to be overly emotional here. Growing up with real victims of crime, okay? Crime like mass murder, serious crime, okay? I know that the effects last for a lifetime. And I, I don't think that Jody will ever have, I hope she never has, the, the, the post-traumatic stress that I grew up with, Okay. But I know that she will have stress for the rest of her life about this. I know that her son will, and other people connected to Jody's family will. And there are many others who are not getting any publicity right now because um, their cases never went to court. Uh, their harassers literally got no no sentences, not even probation, not even their names on the newswires in the papers and on Real Talk with Ryan Jesperson. But I can tell you that Jody Vance will deal with this for the rest of her life. So I'm I'm totally for throwing away the key. Uh, if, if they threw the key away on the, this guy for a long time, wouldn't bother me at all. But the fact that they haven't thrown the key away on him for even one second, he's missing not one second of his real so-called life, that to me is a crime. Chuck, you've been talking a little bit about and, and, and tweeting about people follow you on Twitter at Charles Adler, this story uh, around alleged Chinese. Do I have to say alleged anymore? I don't think I do. I mean, Chinese election interference, interference in Canada's democracy playing out, including in 2019 as a member of Ontario's legislature, uh, essentially steps down. Right. Vincent Key, a progressive conservative member in uh, Premier Doug Ford's government since 2018, um, described in two separate intelligence reports as, as having been part of this, uh, part of Beijing's covert efforts during the 2019 federal election. You wrote to me that the story is annoying you, uh, but I know you don't think that it's nothing. No, so no where it's not, it's, it is not. It is not a nothing burger. It's a serious issue. Yeah, but it's become catnip for the right wing nut jobs. Okay, catnip for them. I know that they they need catnip all the time. Okay, because they have to be. In, in a terminal state of anger and a terminal state of victimhood. Otherwise, they don't feel that life is real. Okay, I get that. Here's the deal. Everything the Trudeau government does right now, everything they do, everything they do right now is going to be attributed to China. So it's China, China, China. It could, it could be about the budget. It could be about carbon taxes. From now on, it's the WEF conspiracy and the Chinese conspiracy. They are running Trudeau's life, and Trudeau is not. Pierre Polyev was was on the record the other day. Okay, this is this is this is his stuff, and this guy wants to be prime minister. I don't know if this 
disqualifies him. Apparently, nothing disqualifies anyone from being president or prime minister these days. But but Pierre Polyev was essentially saying that uh, Justin Trudeau no longer works for Canada. Justin Trudeau works for China. Justin Trudeau does not represent Canadian interests. Justin Trudeau represents Chinese interests. Where's the evidence for that? Well, there, there, there doesn't have to be any. All you have to have is China in the news and Chinese influence over a couple of seats. And by the way, nobody can make the case that it swung the election, right? This this had to do with a handful of seats, and it did not swing the election. But there are people out there, the same right-wing nut jobs, who just keep, you know, sucking on this catnip, who are saying, the, the Conservatives would have won the election. I mean, after all, they, they had more total votes. I mean, they... They beat the hell out of the liberals in Wetaskiwin. You know, I mean, uh, nationally, they had a few more votes, and, and they probably would have won the election had it not been for China and Chinese influence on Justin Trudeau, the Manchurian candidate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I don't think that the election was stolen, uh, but I have Johnny, seen you got to do what you did earlier because it, it, I've lost uh, you again. No worries. Hey, listen, Chuck, we'll catch you again next Monday. That's Charles Adler. We'll get the tech stuff figured out. You can let us know what you think about this China story. We asked NDP MP uh, Heather McPherson about this. She joined us in the Real Talk studio on Friday. She'd been back from Ukraine for like hours And she agreed to join us here uh, to talk about her time in Ukraine. She's the foreign affairs critic for uh, Jagmeet Singh's uh, NDP. And, uh, of course, we had to ask her about China. And uh, this is what she told us on Friday. We need to have some sunlight on this. We need to have this be public because otherwise Canadians won't have confidence in our elections. Mm -hmm. And I want to I want to look at it bigger. You know, absolutely. We're looking at China right now. But if you think that Russia has doesn't have interest in sowing chaos in our in our elections, Iran, you know, I mean, let's be honest here. The the U.S. owns a lot of our media. Uh, They also, um, you know, they we also have to have to have some understanding of what that looks like too. Yeah, I thought that was a really interesting point that Heather made uh, talking about basically the the Rupert, Murk, uh, Rupert Murdoch-owned uh, media in the United States and around the world, but broadening that conversation. You can, can catch our full interview with Heather McPherson anywhere you get your podcast. Or of course, check out our YouTube channel, Real Talk Ryan Jesperson. Thanks to everybody that subscribes there. 10K. Uh, it's easy to find. Yeah, 10K last week. Look I, I thought we should have had like a cake or something. from. No. We should have got you some dairy-free dilly bars from... It's something to celebrate. We could have popped bottles when we hit 10K. We'll do that when we hit the TikTok milestone. The TikTok milestone of 10,000. Yeah. Although talking about Chinese surveillance and interference <laughs> and then encouraging people to follow us on TikTok <laughs> might be a might but be a tough look. But I, wa- I want to reiterate, though, we're talking about these same hard-hitting issues on TikTok. It's not Ryan yeah. doing doing dance numbers or anything like that. No, not like yet. That. We'll see. We'll see. Once <laughs> we hit 10,000, maybe I can start doing dances on TikTok. Yeah. But yeah you can follow us on all social media channels, uh, in particular Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all mm-hmm. the handles, Real Talk RJ. And of course, you can find that interview with Heather McPherson on Friday's show on Great our YouTube interview. channel, wherever you get your podcast. I appreciated her joining us. And then again, of course, Rebecca Graf McCray talking about the UCP plan for healthcare. Coming up tomorrow, uh, and I'm not wrapping the show yet, Johnny, but oh, I wanted I to let everybody know <laughs> coming up tomorrow, uh, we have an opportunity to open our doors and to welcome a very special individual. 
to studio. Uh, seven-year-old Kaysen Fuser today, like as we speak right now doing this live, this is Monday morning, I'm telling you this, he is on his way with his family to West Edmonton Mall where he has been named, John, today, Mayor of the Mall. Amazing. That's right. This is in partnership with Stars, with Stars Air Ambulance. Kaysen, uh, you know, went on a ride in one of those Stars choppers, uh, not looking to. That's oftentimes the case. All right. He was out camping with his family when a cougar, a cougar attacked. This kid's seven years old. Uh, a, a local hero fought this cougar off uh, using a rock. Uh, the, the cougar. I mean, the, the family, Case and his parents are going to join us in studio tomorrow. They already said, we already asked permission. They said, it's cool. We can talk about the cougar attack. This kid's skull was in the cougar's jaws. Like, this was a life-threatening scenario. But this little fella survived. And today, courtesy of local environmental services, he is having his dream day at West Edmonton Mall. As mayor of the mall, he's going to be treated to a one-of-a-kind experience tailored specifically to his interests, including access to attractions, a shopping spree at his favorite store, and a night at Fantasyland Hotel. Then they're up early Tuesday morning to join us in studio to talk about it and to talk about, can I just say, how good it feels to be alive. Thanks to Stars yeah. Air Ambulance, the Mayor of the Mall program is proudly supported by our good friends at Local Environmental Services. You can find them online at localenvironmental.ca. Big shout out to the family-owned team at the friendly local utilities provider that is Park Power. You know, one of the reasons why we're not just proud to do business with them here on Real Talk, but why our family does business with Park Power, our electricity, our natural gas. You can sign up for internet with the bundle. The promo code REALTALK23 knocks up to $150 off your first bill. $50 per utility when you bring your business over to Park Power. We're proud in part to do business with them because of their community partner program where they share 10% of electricity profits with deserving charities. Now that is being a good corporate citizen. You can compare rates and sign up using the promo code REALTALK23 today at parkpower.ca. If you're a professional engineer in Canada, and honestly, it's starting to grind your gears, pun fully intended, the fact that your employer doesn't value you, you're bored stiff, you're bored out of your mind, there's no career fulfillment, let alone career advancement, and maybe it feels, if you're being honest, like it's profits over people. Hey, time to visit apexautomation.ca. You can check out their hiring link. They're always hiring at Apex Automation with exciting and rewarding careers in engineering, fabrication, and automation. Find out how they're transforming industry and putting people over profits today at apexautomation.ca. And a big shout out to the team at Eden Landscaping. You know, this kind of like, weather's kind of getting a little bit chill now. I'm not trying to call uh. a snowstorm onto us, but soon, John, soon the snow will be melted, and the team at Eden Landscaping will be getting those shovels, backhoes, excavators ready to go. A custom landscape builder with more than 20 years of on the ground experience in Edmonton and area, and that includes problem solving yeah that's right they're proud that they have never never encountered a construction related problem they've not been able to solve if you want to know what this team can do for you 
It's time to take your dreams off your Pinterest board and put them into a 3D rendering. Eden Landscaping brings outdoor spaces to life. You can connect with them today at landscapeedmonton.ca. So you and I are wondering the other day, do people actually, and we knew the answer. I mean, we knew that people take their kids to Vegas, but what do you do when yeah. you have kids in Vegas? I was saying I should look it up, but I bet there's a lot of babysitting businesses in <laughs> Las Vegas. Well, we heard from a whole bunch of people after we started wondering aloud, what do you do with kids in Vegas? Mm-hmm. And I absolutely love this email from Dion. Now, you know, every Monday, our friends at Kubi Renewable Energy give us an opportunity. They set the stage uh, for us to focus on the positives. These are the silver linings. These are the random acts of kindness, the pay it forward stories. It starts our week off on the right foot. It's called Positive Reflections. And we love this. Dion wrote in and he said, hey, you know, Team Real Talk, I'm loving the show. It's my go-to every day. Dion, that's music to our ears. He says, I wanted to tell you about our family's recent trip to Las Vegas. And yes, he says, we took the kids. Our son's 10, our daughter's 8. They absolutely love the sights and sounds of Vegas. You know, living in the Edmonton area, says Dion, homelessness is, is not something you know, in our neighborhood or or where we call home that our kids have ever really seen. It's not something they've ever really sort of seen firsthand. And when our kids saw individuals on the street, you know, with hats out, you know, signs out, asking for support, asking for money, it was something that that, that kind of bothered them a little bit. They didn't know how to handle it. They're the sweetest, the kindest little human beings and they wanted to help. They wanted to find a way that they could do something about it. And so they both insisted that they use their the Las Vegas spending money. Johnny, their grandparents had given them spending money mm-hmm. for Las Vegas. The kids used the money from grandma and grandpa to donate to some of the people that were living on the street. Dion said it was such a touching moment watching them walk up and put a dollar or two in the hands of somebody less fortunate. So very cool. And we wanted to give a big shout out to the Kneller family and the little ones. Well, you know, eight and ten. You're not that little. You're growing up into big (laughs) kids already, obviously. And it sounds like you got your head screwed on straight and your heart's in the right place. Dion, thank you so much for sharing. Thanks for telling your family's story. We wanted to give a shout out to your kids. We believe that even the smallest acts of kindness have a huge impact on the world around us. And that includes the Kneller family's Las Vegas story. You can send us your positive reflection to talk at ryanjesperson.com. You can see it featured in a future Monday episode of Real Talk presented by our friends at Kubi Renewable Energy. Get your free solar quote today at kubienergy.ca. As mentioned, coming up on Tuesday's Real Talk, seven-year-old Kaysen's going to join us in studio. What's it like to be in the grips of a cougar and to live to tell about it? That's what we'll find out. We hope you'll join us. Real Talk is hosted by Ryan Jesperson, Executive Producer Josh Dunford, Technical Producer John Hicks, General Manager Katie Cook-Chivers, Account Coordinator Lawrence Derlego, Human Resources Lena Shepard, Website Design Mike Johnston, VoiceOver by me, Carrie Skelton. 
Real Talk's editorial board is Supriya Duvetti, Ahmed Ali, Brandi Morin, Ann Castleman, Corey Hogan, Harmon Candola, Catherine O'Neill, and Chris Henderson. Member Emerita, Julie Rohr. Real Talk is recorded in Edmonton, Alberta on Treaty 6 territory, the traditional and ancestral territory of the Cree, Dene, Blackfoot, Soto, and Nakota Sioux, home to the Métis settlements and the Métis Nation of Alberta. Real Talk is a Relay Project. For more, check out ryanjasperson.com.